Psalm 73. Psalm 73, we read this the other day and we ended up our Sunday school class. And uh, so we'll just go back and hit this real quick. He says in verse 11, And they say, How doth God know? Is there any knowledge in the Most High? The eyes of the Lord in every place, behold, and evil and the good. He's watching. He's seeing. He's recording every, every thought, every action, all secret things. Amen? Verse 12, Behold, these are the ungodly, who prosper in the world increase in riches. That's one of the greatest revelations I've ever had in the Bible. That verse right there is loud. Man, it's loud. But you don't hear much people talk on that, do you? Because why won't many preachers and people talk about that verse? They profess that. But they also, they, they want an advantage, don't they? Right? Isn't that what Jude said? Because of an advantage? People are trying to, people think if they get around some rich folks, they can be benefited by them. They can get an advantage. So therefore, they're very careful in what they say and preach. They tiptoe through the tithers is what's said. So you just got to be careful. These people can afford big, expensive camouflage. They know how to hide. They know how to hide their sin. And that's why the Bible talks about this. It's the ungodly are those who prosper in the world and increase in riches. Verily, I have cleansed my way in vain and washed my hands in tendency. For all the day long I have been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then understood I therein. Father, we love you. Bless today's message now in Jesus' name. Amen. To me, one of the most important words in the Bible is then. Dr. Ruckman says, like and as. Pay attention to like and as. It's very important. Well, so is then. And therefore and wherefore. Very important words. He said, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then, time element, a period of time. Right? You must be able to go somewhere to hear truth to be able to understand somebody's end. And that's what we've been preaching on is the end and teaching on the end. And so... Everything's got an end, and that's what we're covering. Uh, there is a specific period of time called the end, which is the time of Jacob's trouble, the great tribulation, uh, and the tribulation period, which a lot of people are denying that it's even existing now in the Scriptures. But it's important. It's all through there. And I want you to see that even wicked people, they have an end. They may prosper in this life. They may get by. That's one thing people have a hard time with is they see corruption, they see wickedness, and they see him prosper. And they go, what's going on? How come God hadn't judged that thing? Now, if you think about this, what I'm about to say, it may help you with that thought. That this is the only heaven that people will ever experience. Amen? And this may be all the hell that we'll ever experience. Amen? Amen? What a blessing. Praise God. I mean, you have to put things in perspective. You have to see the end from the beginning like God tells you. You will understand their end when you get in the book and you get in the Word of God and you hear true preaching, not false preaching, but true preaching. You'll understand that, oh, one day they're going to get it. Amen? Listen, I was reading the Bible about current events. Can I help you? Turn to Nahum. I will help you with current events. When you read your Bible and you got a daily habit of reading your Bible and going through the Scriptures from one end to the other, things will happen in your life and you'll see current events transpire. Amen? And as you see current events 
transpire, as you go through the Scriptures, you will see things, how it relates to life, right? And we had a president that committed abominable sins and lies, and he got caught, right? Bill Clinton. And they wanted to impeach him, and they wanted to try him, and they acquitted him. Hello? They dismissed the charges against him and brought no charges against him. They acquitted him. Basically said, we're going to let you go free. Well, you read your Bible, verse 1, Nahum 1. The burden of Nineveh. See, it's not Nineveh, it's Nineveh what? V. v. See, a lot of people say Nineveh. It's V if you've got a self-pronouncing Bible. The, the book of the vision of Nahum, the Elkonite, Elkoshite. Elkoshite. God is jealous, and the Lord revengeth. The Lord revengeth and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserveth his wrath for who? His enemies. The Lord is slow to anger, great in power, and will not at all acquit the wicked. You know what God told me at that time? He said, guess what? <laughs> the world may give Bill Clinton a pass, but he said, I ain't. Oh, hey, listen, I, when I went to the sanctuary, then I understood they're in. Listen, this book's my sanctuary. I get in this book. And this is my harbor. This is my safety. This is my help. And then I go to a church building where the house of God, his people assemble. But when I go there, we call it a sanctuary because the Old Testament tabernacle is called a sanctuary. And we just take Old Testament terms and put them on the church building and say, this is the house of God. This is the sanctuary. This is the tabernacle. But the temple of God today is us. He's within us. And when we've got a corporate group, he's in the midst, right? Man, I've got flat tires, four flat tires this morning. Amen. And so I just want you to understand that when I get in the book and I'm going through the Word of God, God speaks to me. And you know what? The world gave Bill a pass, but God ain't going to do it. And we can see people, wicked men, not get what they deserve. But God says, it ain't over yet. They're going to face me one day. And they're going to have to give an account of me one day. Listen, America may never prosecute Barack Obama for the crimes and the wickedness that that man's committing upon this nation. Right. They may give him a free pass because he's the first black president. Hello? Amen. 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 I, there's got to be some reason these guys give this man everything he wants. Because yeah. they fear the news media's persecution and portrayal of them, so they give him a pass on everything. How dare you speak against a first black president? Well, I'm criticizing his white part, too. <laughs> Amen. 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 He's white and black. Right. We got a zebra for a president. Amen. Wow. Hello. I told everybody, I said, he's not white or black, he's pink. They said, pink? I said, yeah, he's gay. Amen. I shouldn't have said that either, but uh <laughs> Hello. Amen. He's all for the pink boys, right? Right? He's all he said he told the queers he'd be I'll be your fiercest advocate. Amen. He's promoting all that stuff. They want to promote pedophilia and give him a license to practice. It's wicked. It's vile. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. You know what? The world may give him a pass on everything, but God's taking notes. And one day he's going to face God Almighty. Yep. Well, is he a Catholic? Or is he a Mormon? Or is he a Jehovah Witness? Or is he a Muslim? Amen. Is he a Christian? Is he a church guy? What is this man? He's everything everybody wants him to be. 
You understand? That's the way the Antichrist is going to be. Barack Obama's a type of Antichrist. You know what? He's going to please all people except God's people. He's going to turn on all God's people. He hates Christianity. He likes being a Christian if it's convenient. Donald Trump's now appealing to Christians. They all want to appeal to Christians. George Bush said, oh yeah, man, I traded Jesus for Jack Daniels. All the Christians voted for him. Listen, they'll say what they got to say to get the votes. Everybody knows you need a Christian vote. So they get religious. Amen. Amen. That's what a politician is. He's whatever you want him to be if you'll vote him in so he can get the money. Yep. That's why the love of money is the root of all evil. That's what a politician is. But you know what? It don't escape God's eyes. And men may give all these men passes if they'll get what they want in their city and in their town. And if the legislator will go and bring money back from Washington and rob everybody else in America to give me something. But how dare you take it out of my neighborhood? Why, how dare you charge me taxes? Tax everybody else. You know what the union's response was up there in Wisconsin? To Scott Walker, when he says... You need to pay for your health benefits just like all the other people that are non-union pay for theirs. No, it happened kill the bum. Get him out of office. No, we're not going to pay one bit of ours. Taxpayers must pay our insurance. Well, you make twice the amount of money as non-union people make. It don't matter. We can't, we can't pay one-tenth. We can't pay one-fifth. We can't do that. But non-union people got to pay part of theirs. No, no, no. We must tax them more so we can have a free ride. Get rid of Walker. Throw the bum out. We don't care if we make three times more than that guy does. We want to take more flesh. That's their attitude. Who cares what everybody else has as long as I come out on the other on top? That's the mentality of our country. Yeah. Amen. They don't care. They did. They, listen, if that, I make fifty thousand a year, and they make a hundred thousand a year, and they don't pay nothing, and they got to tax me to take my wages away from me to give them a more of a free ride. They don't sit back. They don't care if it's fair. Tough. Join a union. Hello? But they're corrupt. I don't care. <laughs> they're milking you, ain't there, bud? That's their attitude. Who cares? That's what's wrong with America. That's what's wrong with the society. It's me, 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 me. It's all me. I went to the sanctuary. Guess what? I found out something. <laughs> There's a day coming we're all going to face God. And we're going to have to give an account of our life. And, and you know what? All the injustices of life will be taken care of. Amen. They may not get it here in this life. They may die and never face all the problems. But when they meet God, somehow He weighs this whole thing out. Amen. I don't know how Hitler's going to get weighed out from Charles Manson when they die. One killed a few, one killed millions. How you weigh all that out, how, how his hell's going to be worse, I got no earthly idea. But I know one thing there's a just God in heaven, and he'll take care of it. And he'll see to it it's taken care of. And there's nothing that escapes his eyes. There's not one thought that escapes his mind. Listen, in the end, God will settle all scores. It will be taken care of. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. There's an end. So you know what I do? I have to take all those wrongs, all that stuff. And i got to say, God, you take care of it. I can't worry about it. i got to go on. Right? There's work for me to do. There's things i got to do. I can't worry about what the, the, my boss has taken out of my paycheck for insurance. If I don't like what he's doing, i got to go get another job or i got to work a part-time job. i got to do something. You understand? 
But I got to do what I got to do. I got to do right. And I got to make the right decisions for my family. And I got to pray about what to do. Amen. You gentlemen need a job. You don't like the paycheck you get. You got to find another one. If you don't like the one you get there, then you got to work two jobs. You got to do whatever you got to do. But it's your, your choice. You've got to make those decisions. But we can sit around and complain about what everybody else does and how you don't have what you have, but we must make the decisions. And then once we do that, we've got to leave the, thing, the decision with God. I understand their end. And so there's things I don't participate in my life and things that I don't do because I see the end of that thing. And I said, you know what? The outcome of that thing is not very good. So I don't want to end up there. I try to learn from your mistakes so I don't have to make the same ones. Amen. Amen. Yep. And so I understood therein. Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy chapter number 32. Amen. Deuteronomy is a great book. Got some great preaching in it. Verse 15. But Jeshurun. Jeshurun. 15, Deuteronomy 32, 15. But Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. You know anybody like that? Amen. Thou art waxing fat. Thou art grown thick. Thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God which made him and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. You know any Christians like that? I know people are like that. At one time I was like that. I run from God. I forsook God. Hello. He called me back. It was a rough trip on the way back. Amen. They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods. See, what's a god? It's an idol. Anything you make an idol. It's anything between you, between you and God. Yeah. You can put anything there. I don't care. You can put fish in there, bowling there, work there, family there. Anything you want to put between you and God. Amen. And with abominations provoked him, they to anger. They sacrificed unto devils and not to God. To gods whom they knew not, and to new gods that came up newly. Amen. Whom your fathers feared not. Listen, that's the problem with America today. There used to be things preachers preached on years ago that now we got new gods coming up. Hello. What about cell phones? The cell phone good? Can be. Could be a tool, right? You can make it a god. It can come to where it takes all your time, effort, and energy. You can, you can idolatrize your electronics, your games, your toys. We can allow, we can allow uh, what, what do they call those things? Uh, PlayStation, what else? Xboxes and all that. We can allow that to all come in between us and God. We can allow television sets, football games, amen, money, dishes. I mean, listen, I've been in ladies' houses, and I'm not being critical, but I've seen, I've seen them, they begin to worship things. And they got a collection of stuff, I mean, all these collectible things that they start getting. I don't care what collectibles. They can turn that into an idol. Amen. I walked in this lady's house. She had over 300-some brass objects all around her house. She had a palace all the time. I began to wonder, does she have idols in the house? <laughs> I'm not being critical. I'm just noticing. I know somebody had hundreds of pepper shakers, all different kinds of pepper shakers. My grandma used to collect spoons. Amen. Had spoons everywhere, man. Some people collect dishes. They've been everywhere. What is all that? What is all those deers hanging on the wall and those fish hanging on the wall? Are those idols? What about trophies? Are those idols? Can't be. But what are trophies? Records of accomplishment. Whose? So who's the idol? 
The self is the idol. Those are all self-accomplishments. This is what I've done. You understand what I'm saying? So who becomes the idol then? Not really the trophy, but the one who the trophy ascribes the greatness that's etched on it. You understand? You look at me real funny. What do they call all those rock stars in that? Idols. Oh, he's my idol. People become idol. You can idolize yourself and love yourself. In the last days, men will be lovers of their own selves. They turn themselves into an idol. They bow and worship. Whatsoever my heart desires, that I want because I am God, they say. Right? Amen? Ain't that what Lucifer did? He tried to raise up above God. He worshiped himself. That's what the devil wants you to do is to worship yourself. Anything that takes your affection away from God can be turned into an idol. What's 1 John 5.21 say? Every Christian ought to have that memorized. My little children, keep yourself from idols. Anything can become an idol. But the ascendancy of the heart usually turns to where it is what I want. So Jesus, what he do? Not my will, but thine be done. See, we can use things to accomplish because we worship what we want to worship. And Jesus told that woman at the well, you worship no, not what you want. You don't know what you worship. Well, we worship God in this mountain. <laughs> he said, he that worships God must worship in spirit and truth. You understand? People can worship. I had somebody tell me one time, she said, my mom worships the ground you walk on. Hello? Amen. I'm not saying that wrong. I'm just saying we get to where in our heart we love things and put those things with more affection and adoration than we give toward God. How much effort do we give to God but we'll give to ourselves and our pleasure? We'll give it all. Men have no problem giving 30, 40, 50, 60 percent to themselves. but They, they have a hard time giving God 10 percent. Man, I thought for sure we'd run the aisle on that one. I'm talking on the new gods that came up. There's all kinds of new gods all the time. New things on the supermarket. New things on television. New things out there in the stores. Constantly things are coming up and they're a god. And guess who's connected behind that stuff? The devil. What's he saying in Luke 16 over there? When he says, That which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. In the context is money. But money purchases things. And anything that money can purchase, we can wind up loving money because the love of money is the root of all evil. And we can turn around and we can make them gods. We can make anything a god today. Right? One of the ladies stands in front of the mirror and she puts gold around her neck. She's got 18 chains of gold, 35 rings on her fingers, big old giant buzz bait chandelier uh, earrings hanging, Right? Glittered fingernails and glitter eyeballs, and, and she's got a mink coat on. She's standing in front of the mirror. What's she looking at? The gold's not the issue. The makeup and all that's not the issue. It's the one that she's adoring while she stands in front of the mirror. Hello? Right? Huh? Amen. That's what the idol is. Hello? And then when she walks out as queen, she wants her husband to bow down to her. Right? Oh, mama, but mama, mama, oh. He wants to bow down to him. Right? That's what Darla's daddy did to his wife on Little Rascals, right? But mama, and he cried, little hand pecks, 
Amen? And that was Darla was preparing alfalfa. What kind of man did she want to delete him? I ain't getting no amens on that either. Oh, amen. That's what they want. Bow down at my altar, buddy. It's worship of self. There's nothing wrong with a gold necklace. There's nothing wrong with a gold ring. There's nothing wrong with a car. It's what you make it. We can create gods. And these people made gods. Amen. And they said, these be thy gods, O Israel. <laughs> you brought us out about Egypt. Really, that golden calf brought you about Egypt. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Amen. We can ascribe greatness and deliverance from anything we want to. It doesn't matter. We can make education a God. We can make, we can make uh, uh, the De Democratic Party a God. We can make anything we want to be a God. Hello? That's what we ascribe greatness to. It's what we love. It's the ascendancy of our heart and our minds. Look at what he says, verse 17. They sacrificed unto gods. Or on the devils and not gods. That's what he says about those strange gods. He said they're devils. You know, when you go by a Catholic's house and you see Mary in, in, a, in a little shrine with an upside-down basement stuck or bathtub stuck in her yard, and she's standing out there. we got a neighbor that puts a rose in their hand. And so Mary's standing out there with a rose. You know what that is? That's a devil. Amen. And when they bring them idols in their house, I was in them houses in, in the Philippines. They got shrines built in their living rooms. And they got these idols and they got candles burning to it. And, and they got rosaries hanging all over the place. I mean, it's, it's Spookyville when you go into some of them houses. And they got a worship center in their living room. I led people to Jesus Christ with the candles burning in the shrines everywhere. And they received Jesus Christ. I don't know if they got them out after they got saved. But right there in the living room, they knelt down. What I'm saying is they worship idols. Those are all devils. You go over here to the Good Samaritan Hospital. You look at all them crucifixes. You got a dead man hanging on a cross. Almost looks feminine. Almost looks like he's, it's Mary hanging there. You say, how do you get that? You just got to see the way it's made. The cross over there at St. Helens looks like a woman bearing a cross. Amen? Listen, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to do all this transgender junk. Amen? Amen. The Statue of Liberty is a man wearing a dress. Transgender. You say, what? Yeah. You know who Baphomet is? It's a man with a goat's head and women's breast. It's a, it's a, it's a mixture. Listen, that's where we're at. We're, at. we're in this age of everything's transgender. Trans everything is a combination of everything. But when you walk in, you see those idols in the room. You can almost feel demonic spirits come off of them. Those are devils. That's not a blessing hanging in there. People looking at Catholics, looking at doing all this stuff. That's a devil hanging there. It's an idol. People worship it. They got it around their neck. Yes, it's a curse. Curse is everyone hangs on a tree. They got a crucifix. They got a, hang, a dead man hanging on a tree around their neck. Guess what? They got a devil around their neck. Amen. It's an idol. It's something they worship. And with an idol, they sacrifice unto who? Devils. You want to have fun? Go down to Immaculate Conception. Go down there. They got a grove back there. They got all kinds of statues. They got like a 20 foot Mary back there. And they got lights shining on her. I walked back there. You, to, you can feel the demonic powers back there. And when I was there, there's a woman comes walking down, man. She's doing a reverence to her statues. You talk about demonic, man. That, that's, that's, you go to all these graveyards, see all those things, supposedly Jesus and angels and all. Those are devils. 
You go to, you go to a Buddhist temple, they're devils. I went to where a bunch of Hindus were at in Mobile, Alabama. A bunch of motel owners all showed up to worship their Hindu. Skeever, whatever her name is, uh, the one that, that, that got all their multiple arms all over the place. They had her idol right in the gym floor, right dead center court. And they're all dancing around her. They had all these gifts. They had wads. I mean, wads of money. I never seen a Baptist offering like that. I mean, they had wads of money everywhere. And they're dancing. They're celebrating. They're worshiping their God. They worship an idol. My grandma was raised in parochial schools. And they said, bow down and kiss Mary. My grandma would not. She said, that's a piece of stone. She said, if Mary's here, I'd kiss her, but I'm not kissing that statue. And them nuns like to beat my grandma to death. They banged her head off the desk, grabbed her by the hair, bounced her head off the wall, whooped her and hurt her because she disreverenced a piece of stone, a statue. You know what they wanted her to kiss? A devil. That's what God says. He said, you can't do the cup of the devil and the cup of the Lord. There's a Lord's table, there's a devil's table. And you know what? Every time them Catholics go to Mass at the devil's table, they're eating a devil. Every time they eat that wafer, there's a devil connected with that thing, and they're taking in a, a devil. Every time these people go to a bar and sit down and party and they drink, right? There's a sign up on most of these people that are honest. They said they're spirits. You know what they do when they open up the door and they take that liquor in? They're taking in a... I wonder if that's what makes them hallucinate. I wonder if LSD, when they take that pharmacia, that pharmaceutical, is connected with sorcery. I wonder when they take that hallucinogenic, I wonder if they're taking in a devil. They worship that drug. They worship the effects of the drug. They, they worship the effects of booze. They hate the cost and they hate the consequences the next morning, but it's the effect... You know what's connected with all that stuff? Spirits. You know what spirits are? They're devils. <laughs> We're living in a demonic, devil-filled society with devil possession everywhere. I watched a man perform on ACDC, go through a demonic fit right on stage before he died. I watched that man go through his demonic spasm and roll and flop and go all over the place in Cleveland Stadium at a rock and roll concert when I seen ACDC perform live. And he's singing about highway to hell. They love the devil. They worship the devil. Van Halen sung songs running with the devil. Black Sabbath offered invitations for young people to come down and receive the devil like you would receive Jesus Christ in an invitation. You know what that is? It's devil worship. Devils are connected with it. And average Baptist and average Christian wants to hide their face from people that's full of the devil. I have faced people with the devil. You want to know how to beat the devil? The blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah. I deal with a devil person. I said, in the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses from all sin. Yeah. Amen. I quote verses on the blood to defeat him. We're dealing with people that's got devils everywhere. I'm telling you, unbelievable. They sacrificed on the devils and not to God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods that came up newly. Amen. Whom your fathers feared not, and of the rock, of the rock that begat thee, thou art what? unmindful and has forgotten God that formed thee. There's a backslider. There's some people that got saved, got born again 
washed in the blood. They forget his book. They forget to attend his house. They forget to honor him with their income. They forget to praise him with their lips. They get away from God. People said it can't happen. First, Second Peter chapter 1 says that they forgot they were purged from their old sins. You can get to a place where you forget about it. Hello? Amen. They can backslide. They can get carnal. They can get away from God. Proverbs 14, 14, the backslider in heart shall be filled with their own ways. Amen. I know preachers that don't like the term backslid because it's Old Testament. Backslid is nothing more than a man living for himself and not God. He put himself in first place and God in second. Amen. Amen. Look at what he said. Thou art unmindful. And hast forgotten the God that formed thee, and when the Lord saw it, he abhorred them, because revoking his sons and his daughters. And he said, I will hide my face from them, and I will see what their end shall be. Isn't that something where God would just sit back and say, let's just watch. They're driving a car at 150 miles an hour, and they're going to try to take this corner, and they ain't going to make it. Let's just see what kind of wreck happens. So what he does, you say God wouldn't do that. You want to ruin your life, God will sit back and watch it. God will let you mess your life up. See, that's the thing about God that people don't like. And God will pull back say, all right, Mr. Smarty Pants, go ahead, let's see how it works. Amen. There's young people that listen to their old-time preaching, leave their parents, get out, say, we, I'll show that preacher, I'll show my mom, my dad, I know more than they know. God said, go ahead, ruin your life. And guess what? They ruin their life. There's people who sit back and say, that Bible said take a rod and uh, whoop your child. I ain't going to do it. I'm going to have time out. Well, go ahead. Time it out. See what happens. And God's going to take time out stand there and watch the destruction. And then people are going to cry and stain their pillows with tears. They go, preacher. Yeah, well, go ahead. You refuse instruction. See, that's the thing about God people don't like. They think, oh, he's such a loving God, such kind and merciful. Listen, my uncle called me Friday night with his preacher friend, finally came out of the bushes. We forced him out of the bushes, and they took a chance to sit back and say they believe the King James Bible's got mistakes in it. They were laughing at it, calling us bibliolaters, and they're going saying we can go to the Greek and correct the King James, blah, 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 and they're making fun of it. Listen, you mess with that book, God will mess with your mind, and God says, you don't believe my book? Good. I will fix you, preacher. And God's going to make him a bubbling idiot. Why? Because he corrected his book. And he may get a following. He may increase attendance in his church. Amen. And he may want to correct God's book. But I'm telling you, the end ain't good. Anybody know who Curtis Hudson is? Curtis Hudson was the editor of Sword of the Lord. He took over the Sword of the Lord newspaper for John R. Rives. Uh, Curtis Hudson got to the place to where he would attack Dr. Ruckman and have open debates and openly promoted the new King James Bible and made fun of the King James Bible. And Dr. Ruckman says this, you mess with that book, God will mess with your mind. You know how Curtis Hudson died? He died of brain cancer in a hospital, on a hospital bed. You know what God did? God messed with his mind. Destroyed his mind. But it was reported that Curtis Hudson preached for three hours on his deathbed. And before he died, he made this confession that the King James Bible is the very Word of God. And God said, you're right, I'll forgive you, but you're still going to die of brain cancer because you mock my book and I'm judging you. 
Listen, you got to be careful when you mess with that book. Yep. Gail Ripplinger made a comment that she, she quoted that five men lost their voice because they didn't believe God's book according to Luke chapter 1 verse 20 like Zechariah didn't believe because he didn't believe God's word God took his voice and while Sam Gipp was on John Enkelberg's show that was brought up and a man lost his voice right there on stage you know what they did? cut and they removed that and then tried to pretend that event never even happened you mess with that book God will mess with you God, God's paying attention and God will allow this thing to transpire. Listen, you want to sow to the flesh? God said, all right, I can forgive that. But you know what? You loaded a lot of boats. And you sowed to the flesh. Right. The only thing you can do is pray for a tsunami to come in and wipe out all the boats. But guess what? They're coming in. Yep. You ever hear the chickens are coming home to roost? They're going to come home. You better be careful what you sow to. Because God just may just stand back and just watch. All. Now, he can allow some of it not to happen. Amen? Listen, God is so powerful, He can allow you to drink poison and to not hurt you, according to Mark 16. But I challenge you to go drink poison this afternoon and see if God deliver you. God might say, you're not an apostle, you're an idiot, you're stupid, so drink it and die. I'll meet you in glory. Hello? <laughs> Amen? Listen, we got to be careful. There's things that people think about God that's not always true. God will let people forsake Him, get away from Him, and God will stand back and just watch the end of that thing, see how it's going to get happen. That's, that's the scary part about God. And people sit back and say, well, we ought to just reverence God and not fear Him. You better fear God. God can pull up at any time. No, He'll never do it. He did it to uh, uh, Hezekiah. Pulled back. God forsook him, the Bible said, to see, to know what was in his heart. God said, all right, I'll just check him out. He shot his mouth off. Let's just see what happens. And God might not intervene. And then you get mad at God. Dr. Rutman threw his Bible across the room several times because God didn't do what he thought he ought to do. God, you promised right here you'd do this, and you didn't do it. And he threw his Bible across the room. He said, I don't think a preacher ought to do that. He did it. At least he was honest to God and looked God in the face and said, God, you did it. Brother, you said, I've got mad at God. Amen. Went out and bought a pack of cigarettes. What do you think of that? And God just laughed at him and said, you knucklehead. Listen, God appreciates when men are honest to him. But God may just withhold and draw back. He may. He may allow everybody else to get an answer to prayer and promise and may maybe not let you. See, God, God's different than what we think He is. God just may pull back and just let you go through something, amen, just so He can get glory maybe down the road somewhere in your life. Maybe He's working something in my life that He's not going to work in your life. Maybe you already got victory in that area and He's going to let me go through something so I, because I'm hard-headed and I, it's going to take me a while to learn that you've already learned, you've already been through that school and He ain't got to deal with you on that. God knows when to pull back. But these guys preaching on the radio said God will never pull back. He'll always be there. He'll answer every prayer. You give and it shall be given unto you. Praise the Lord. get her. Run over some men giving you a bosom. He might not. Hello? I heard a preacher stand up and preach. And he said, I gave $200 the other day and uh, I got 400 God gave me back uh, double what I gave. He's talking about a lady that gave that money. And then he's trying to encourage me to give because some lady threw in 200 bucks in an offer plate got 400 back. See, if you give to God, he'll give to you. So he's encouraged me to open up my wallet to meet the needs of the church. But he had 10 grand in the bank. How come he didn't throw his 10 grand in if that was the case? Hmm. 
You understand what I'm saying? I mean, if that's the principle, man, come on, chunk it in there. Throw in ten grand. Let me see God give you a hundred thousand. Well, uh, you know, I mean, I, your money's a little bit different than my money. I, I got to say that for a rainy day. I thought you trust God. You're telling me to trust God, but you won't trust God because you won't throw your ten grand in there. But you're using some woman to use an experiment, but you won't experiment. Come on, experiment! See, God's different than what everybody thinks. And God works differently in everybody's lives. There's general principles. There's general promises. And sometimes God won't fulfill that promise in your life because maybe he's got something else he's working out in your life. Maybe there's something in your heart that needs to be able to work out. And you won't relinquish something over here so God won't bless there. The end. God will sit back and watch the end. And he may not intervene. Though he sees a runaway semi coming down the hill and he knows your little car is going to enter the intersection, he may just let your car stall in the intersection. You say, what? He just may let you get blindsided and get hurt, ruin your life for his glory and honor. You say, God will do that. I'm telling you, God knows how to settle scores and do things. And people are not going to pigeonhole God. Well, this is Old Testament preacher, Deuteronomy 32, and that's talking about Israel and the tribulation. I'm telling you, there's something we can learn out of this passage of Scripture of how God deals with men. Amen. He sat back to see the end. Now watch what he said. For they are a very froward generation, a children in whom there is no faith. That lines up with Laodicea right now. A children where there's no faith. Jesus Christ is outside the church doors and it's a froward. Froward means perverted. You understand? We're living in a perverted generation and the perversion is getting worse and worse and worse. And children don't have faith except in Visa and MasterCard and American Express and Barack Obama. He's going to give me my food card, my food stamps. He's going to rob from Peter to pay Paul. Amen. He's Robin Hood. Stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. He's going to supply my way. And God said, where's your faith in me? Can't you trust me? That's the whole purpose of tithing. What's the purpose of tithing? Just to take money out of your pocket. To make preachers rich. Didn't you know that? That ain't what it's forced to test your faith. God said, if you'll put your 10% in, I'll bless the 90 but I know people that's been robbing God and ain't been tithing and they're getting bonuses and they're getting raises and they're getting promotions and their bank accounts are still blessed and they're getting vehicles and all that and there's times I struggle giving 20, 25%. You say, what's going on? Preacher, you got to have sin in your life. That's why God ain't blessing your giving and that's why he's blessing me stealing and robbing from them. I know a guy living in fornication and he never tithes, never goes to church. Amen. And he's talking about how great God blesses him living in sin. A God robber, a fornicator. Amen. Don't read the Bible. Don't attend church. But he's bragging about how God gives him all these good things. And then I'm a Christian. I'm serving God. I'm living right. Amen. And I'm tithing and I'm giving and I'm struggling. And just don't seem I get all the prosperity he gets. Preacher, how do you reconcile that? We're not home yet. It's not over. And I got God and he doesn't. But he claims he does. God's right. And it's right to do right. And it's not the outcome. It's not the results. It's because i got to obey that truth and do what He told me to do. And I'm honoring God. And somehow when it really shows up and it really needs to, God will bless and maybe carry me over 
some place where I, a big divide that I can't cross myself. God knows the rainy days are coming and I need to save and he knows. And he goes, you sacrifice for me so I'll make a way for you, bud. I don't know. God's keeping score. God's keeping account. I just know one thing. God responds differently in people's lives regardless of how me and you live. And there's a God in heaven that's watching and he's observing. And we're not at the end of this thing yet. Amen. Amen. A backslider. God knows how to take care of him. Amen. Psalm 7. Listen, we, we, we got to do right regardless of what anybody else does. And if everybody wants to quit on God, it doesn't mean we quit. Amen. And uh, listen, if nobody else ties, doesn't mean I don't. If everybody wants to go to a football game Sunday, doesn't mean I do. Right? I still got to give an account to God. Don't we sing, do all the world forsake me? Yet I still will follow. Psalm 7, verse 9. Oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an, an end. But establish the just, for the righteous God trieth the hearts and reigns. Listen, God understands. God watches, and we're sitting there telling, hey, God, would you let the wickedness of the wicked end? God, there's just so much sin in society. What's this thing going to stop? Would you stop all the sin? Would you just let it come to an end? Could you just knock this man out of office and give us a fresh president? Maybe everything will happen. Right? We want an end of it all. One day it will come to an end. And the wicked will have an end. Right? Psalm 9, verse 17. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations at what? Every nation is going to go face God. Every nation will be tried by God. And a nation that forgets God will be turned into hell. It'll become one with hell. It'll be part of hell. It'll be turned in. God will turn America over and judge her. She came, said God blessed her. God shed her grace on her. Amen. And she has turned from him and wants nothing to do with him. They don't want his Ten Commandments. They don't want his book. They don't want prayers. They don't want the church. They don't want a Christian in town. America's going to have an end. America started in rebellion, and God's not going to bless that rebellion. Amen. Amen. I don't like saying that. You know what God's... Let's, let's go to Zephaniah 3.8. Y'all look at me funny. Got an eyebrow kind of looking. On. <laughs> Amen. Zephaniah 3. Listen, God, God says there's an end coming. Amen. Amen. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 8. Therefore... Wait ye upon me, say the Lord, until the day that I raise, I rise up to the prey. For my determination is to gather what? The nations, that I may assemble the kingdoms and pour upon them mine indignation, even all my fierce anger. For all the earth shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. That's a bad day in the neighborhood. You know what he wants to do to the UN? Torture. He'll torture them. He's going he's to burn them up. America may be in that thing. At one time, America, amen, stood for righteous holiness. We called it a Christian nation. When Barack Obama took over office, guess what he said? America is no longer a Christian nation. He's a Muslim. And everybody's trying to figure out what's going on. He's committing jihad. He's building ISIS and Al-Qaeda. They're providing all that. They're supplying them with weapons and arms. 
and they're disarming us and arming them. He wants to create a Muslim caliphate and wipe out Christianity and wipe out Israel. He's part of it. But he acts like, uh, 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 playing dumb. He ain't dumb. He knows what he's doing. It's on purpose. Amen. Amen. And you know what the end of America is going to be? 55, almost 60 million babies being butchered. The end. What's the end going to be of that? We turn our back on Israel. What's the end going to be on that? We kick his Bible out. What's the end going to be on that? Amen. They ruin his church and shut down churches and killing Christians. What's the end going to be on that? Destruction. The nations that forget God will be turned into hell. That's a bad day, man. I ain't rejoicing in that. America needs to repent. Run to God. All people need to fear God and run to Him. The Christians aren't running. The Christians are running to the world. What's the end going to be with the bride? Let's look at Philippians chapter 3 and I'm done. Not with this topic, but with today. Philippians chapter number 3. God's pretty loud about all this stuff. But people don't want to preach it. They just want to preach John 3, 16, God's love. And they want to forget that any judgment's coming on the horizon. The storm clouds are coming. The prairie fires are burning. You better get out. You better get right. You better repent. Verse 18, verse 17. Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. For, for many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is their shame. Now watch this. Who mind earthly things? Where's your mind at tonight? Where's your mind at today? That's where the church is at. Their mind in earthly things. What did it say over there in Deuteronomy? They're unmindful of God. You know what he says in Hebrews eleven fourteen? He said, if they had opportunity... Amen. They were mindful of that country from whence they came out. They'd enter back in. The problem with people is, is what's in their mind. And so the devil wants to occupy your television, your internet, your YouTube, your radio. He wants to occupy your mind with events and things of this life to get your mind off of God and get your mind on the flesh and the world you came from and keep you so occupied with that that you can't cross the bridge. Or, or he wants you to cross the bridge, get over there, and you're supposed to burn the bridge. Right. Blow the bridge up. Get to where you get rid of that old life and that old worldly life and not pay attention to those words, those songs, that music, those movies, those things that's out there that's pulling you away. The devil wants you full of minds of earthly things. Preacher, what should we think about? Verse 20. For our conversation, that's manner of life, the things that not only you say but you do. And the way you live. For our conversation is in heaven. 
And from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Where's Jesus at? He's in heaven. Who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the work and whereby he is able even to subdue all things himself. You know what that means? He can take care of any problem you have. <laughs> and he can subdue, he can, he can stop your adversary in the tracks right now. He can solve it. Subdue it. Done. He can quench any fire trial in your life. He can meet all your needs, but he wants your mind stayed on him. He wants you to be thinking about him and his return, him and your glorified body. Forget about earthly things. Quit worrying about the things that are going on and the things that are going around you. Get your eyes up where they belong. Look to him because the end is every one of us will face him. And we must give an account to him so our associates and the things that we do and the places we go, listen, all needs to be around him and focused on him because that's the end. And the world wants us to forget that he even exists. He's not coming. He's not coming. And so we'll go on and live the way we want to live. The Lord tarried his coming, so what did that wicked servant do? He beat his men servants. He gave up looking for God. He was drinking and partying. Why? Because he quit looking where he should be looking. Amen. And because the Lord delayed his coming, they decided to go out and live wrong. Yeah. Well, the Lord's delayed his coming according to our timetables. And the devil wants to get our minds and our hearts off of him and his return and what's really important and get us wrapped up in earthly things whose God is their belly. It's all about me and what I can put in my mouth. It's all right here, umero uno. But the end, theirs is destruction. Mine's a glorified body. Mine's living with him forever. Theirs is burning forever. God's trying to get my attention and focus where it needs to be. Right. And then right there, he is able to do all things on himself. He can take care of any situation. <laughs> Woo, glory. This stuff's temporal. Everything about him is eternal. Man, he said, get your eyes. What did we sing about today? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth will go strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Father, we do love You. We do thank You.